Now, he's here. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 16, beginning with verse 15. Seven days shalt thou keep a solemn feast unto the Lord thy God in the place which the Lord shall choose, because the Lord thy God shall bless thee in all thine increase and in all the works of thine hands. Therefore thou shalt surely rejoice. Thee three times in a year shall all thy males appear before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose in the feast of unleavened bread, in the feast of weeks, and in the feast of tabernacles, and they shall not appear before the Lord empty. Every man shall give as he is able, according to the blessing of the Lord thy God, which he hath given thee. Praise God. Now I want to speak to you today on this subject, the motives and metrics for sacrificial giving. The motives and metrics for sacrificial giving. Could we lift up our hands unto the Lord and ask his blessing upon the preaching of his word. God, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for what you've done in this house. I pray that you will minister abundantly the grace of life to every individual that's here today. I pray, God, that your word would take upon itself exactly what every person individually needs. And I pray you will speak to their respective circumstances. And God, I ask in Jesus' name that the holy anointing of your spirit would rest upon your messenger and upon this congregation as we endeavor to know you better. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. I do want to tell you that tonight... At 6.45 p.m., there's a wonderful, beautiful Day of Pentecost celebration happening at Greater Emmanuel Apostolic Temple. This is the Day of Pentecost Celebration Foundation. It's going to be a wonderful time joining with other apostolic Pentecostal churches of all kinds of organizations, and it'll be a, a great uh, day in the Lord, and we certainly want you to feel welcomed and encouraged to be a part of that great event. Amen. From the book of Deuteronomy, we read some very interesting uh, scriptures and principles that I would like, by the help of God, to, to help us apply to our lives today. I kind of just let the cat out of the bag in this title. We're going to be talking about giving. Giving is something that we uh, have to talk about, and uh, one of the reasons is because of its biblical soundness and the way that God uses this effort and this form of sacrificial giving uh, to help us be blessed of him. And so we at Tree of Life Church have learned that God blesses us through giving. Uh, it's just is the way that he does it. He blesses us through giving. And, uh, and of course, we also have the responsibility of a vision that God has given us that is quite expansive and quite involved and quite effective at reaching the lost with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so today I would like to take a few moments and talk to you about the motivation for why we give sacrificially and the measurement by which we determine how to give sacrificially, the motives and metrics for sacrificial giving. It is true that sacrificial giving is one of the most remarkable ways that God has chosen to bless his people. Uh, he himself offered the ultimate sacrifice. And in offering that ultimate sacrifice at Calvary, what was the result? It was not the resulting factor that he died and was buried and that was the end of the story. No, no, as a matter of fact, he was what we call the firstborn among many brethren. Uh, when he died and was buried, he rose from the dead triumphant over, over hell, over the grave, over death, over every principality and power. And, and 2,000 plus years later, here we are standing in this place, lifting our hands unto him who is worthy. By human logic, it should have been done and over with when he was nailed to an old rugged cross and was buried in a borrowed tomb. But we're not talking about human logic today. When we talk about anything, we talk about God's logic or God's wisdom. And that is true of our talking about giving. We have been the recipients of God's miracle working power. And it has happened through the process of 
giving. We have examples throughout this congregation of people who gave sacrificially unto the Lord and gave, and when I say sacrificially, I mean sacrificially. I don't mean that they gave out of their abundance. I mean they gave when it, it wasn't easy to give. They gave when it was difficult to give. They put as a faith offering, an offering before the Lord and laid it down before Him. We have examples, and I could point them out, and they'd be happy to tell you, but I didn't ask permission before I preached to name their names, so I won't name names. But we have examples of people who literally emptied their savings account after months of looking for employment and emptied their savings account in, in a sacrificial offering to the Lord only to find 24 hours later receiving the employment they were looking for that not only blessed them, but blessed their children for years to come. We have examples of people who had mountains of, of, of debt of a medical nature that they simply could not even afford to grapple with in, itself, in and of itself. And when asking the Lord, Lord, what should I give? What is it that you would have of me to give? The Lord named the amount they owed in medical debt. And they said, but Lord, that's what I owe in medical debt. And the Lord said, that's what I want you to give to me. Not only did they give that figure that God gave them to the Lord, but they gave it twice and they paid off all of their medical debt. I'm talking about a God who blesses beyond what we can ask or think. I'm talking about, can I preach to you faith believing today in Jesus' name? I'm talking about a God that will bless you with increase, and he will bless you with promotion, and he will bless you with blessings that cannot be numbered. He will bless you with spiritual blessings. He'll bless your family. He'll bless your marriage. He'll bless your home. He'll bless your whole life. I don't say that, I don't say that hyperbolically, I say that under the unction of the Holy Ghost and upon the authority of the Holy Scriptures. There is a blessing in giving to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I feel, the, I feel the witness of the Holy Ghost in the house. There is a blessing in giving unto the Lord sacrificially, and yet, that is not why we give. That is not why we give. I could stand up here for the rest of today and tomorrow and the next week and thereafter and give you more examples of people in this building who have given unto the Lord sacrificially only for it to come back to them twofold, tenfold, a hundredfold in ways that they cannot articulate or put onto a sheet of statistics. No, it is, it is an exponential blessing that comes from the presence of God. And yet we don't give for the promotion. We don't give for the increase. We don't give to get. We don't give so that we can somehow make it through a financial crisis. No, we give for certain motivations spelled out in the word of the Lord. The motives and the metrics for sacrificial giving are different than human motivation or human measurement. And, and that's what we want to talk about today. And it's what God was telling the children of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 16. He explained to them that there are going to be three times a year that all the males will come before the presence of God and they will give sacrificially unto the Lord. They will not, they will not give or come before the Lord empty-handed, but they're going to come with something in their hand. And he named three specific feasts that they would come with something in their hand. He said, you're going to come during the Feast of the Unleavened Bread. And you're going to come in the Feast of Weeks. And you're going to come in the Feast of Tabernacles. And when you do, I want you to come with an offering in your hand. And I want you to give as you are able. And I want you to give according to the way that God has blessed you. And I want you to take a moment and look at this with me. Because each of these feasts represents something far more than a simple feast in the Old Testament. These feasts represent something of the past and the future and the present. They represent things to be grateful for and they represent things 
that are coming and you anticipate good things to come. And they, expect, they, they also represent the current blessings of God in the people's life. When people would celebrate these feasts, of course we know that the Feast of Unleavened Bread was connected to the Feast of the Passover. And we know that it was connected to that time when they would offer the very initial first fruit. In fact, in that, in that particular feast, there would be the waving of a single sheaf in that Feast of Unleavened Bread, and it would signify a countdown for seven weeks. Seven weeks would come to pass, and upon the end of that seven weeks would give day to a, or give way to a 50th day. And that 50th day was the day of what we call Pentecost, and what the Greeks would call Pentecost, what the Jews would call Shavuot. And it's the day we're celebrating right now. And it was the, it was the day of first fruits, uh, the feast of, of, of the moment that the first fruits, the first harvest of first fruits would come. It's a little bit confusing because there was a first fruit offered at the time of Passover. But that first fruit that was offered at the time of Passover was the very initial offering. It was the single sheaf to say there is more where this came from. And it's coming in seven weeks. And in seven weeks time, on that 50th day following the seventh week, would come the Feast of Pentecost or the Feast, praise the Lord, of, of weeks. And at the Feast of Weeks, they would bring forth that first fruit, that first harvest. And then, of course, over time, over the summer period, if you please, as we enter into the fall, would come the Feast of Tabernacles. And this would be the final harvest. And this was the culmination of a great harvest. There was the single sheaf. There was the, the first spring harvest. And then there is the final fall harvest. And all together, it was a celebration of what the Lord had done and symbolized what the Lord is going to do and they were to bring an offering to signify these great moments. But these are the motivations as to why they gave, and these are the motivations as to why we give. Let me tell you that the Feast of Passover is far more than just a festival. It's far more than just a commemoration. That night, that first night, was something so severe. It was the night that the death just washed across Egypt and rushed through the city streets and looked for houses where the firstborn son would be taken. But upon the houses where there was blood painted upon the doorpost, that death had to pass over that house. The scripture says that the death was going to pass through Egypt, but the blood of the land turned to pass through into a Passover. Hallelujah. That blood was the blood of a spotless lamb. And that spotless lamb was shed. The blood was shed. That spotless lamb was sacrificed. And the blood of that lamb preserved the life of the firstborn son inside those homes. When they celebrated Passover, they were celebrating what God had done in their life. But they weren't just celebrating what God had done. They were celebrating what God was going to do. Because I want you to know that when Jesus came down to the Jordan, John the Baptist, that greatest prophet that ever lived, looked up and said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. And he was speaking not just of that lamb that saved Israel on that night of Passover in Egypt, but he was saying what that lamb did for them in Egypt, this lamb is going to do for whosoever will. That Passover lamb represents the blood of Jesus Christ. And I've come to tell you tonight that if you repent of your sins and are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, I'm in the book now, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I want you to know you can paint the blood of the Lamb upon the doorpost of your home. I've come to tell you that eternal death has to pass over your home when the blood of the Lamb is upon the doorpost of your house. 
I want you to know that when you go down to the water, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus Christ, and you come up, you come up with a clean slate. You come up with an innocent record. You come up with a purity upon your life. There is represented in that baptism the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I want you to know that when we're baptized in Jesus' name, that's not a work of our own righteousness. That's a work of his righteousness. If you were to, listen, if Jesus had never done what he did, you could jump in these waters and we could baptize you in Jesus' name and all you'd be doing was getting wet. But because of what Jesus did, I said because of what Jesus did, when we baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ, you come up by faith in the power of his redemptive work anew, hallelujah, with a new slate, a new lease on life. It was like you never sinned. It's like you never committed that transgression. It's like you never walked in that iniquity. It's like you never did what the devil knows you did because the blood of Jesus is covering your life. That's a reason to celebrate. And I want you to know that that's why we give. We don't give today so that we can get a promotion. We don't give today so that we'll have these, these checks come in the mail. We don't even know where they came from or how they got to us. That'll happen. You'll be blessed when you give unto the Lord. But I'm going to tell you why we give. We give so that people can have their sins washed away. We give unto the Lord because this world needs a church in this city. We give unto the Lord because we've got to be a lighthouse for the lost and the broken. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you, when we give unto the Lord, we absolutely put into his hands our faith. And when God gets a hold of our faith, he can move the mountains with the faith you have in your hand. Hallelujah. We don't give because we feel like there's some benefit to us. There's going to be benefits. It will absolutely benefit you and bless you in ways we could never describe. Anybody been blessed by giving unto the Lord? I want to see a show of hands. Anybody been blessed by giving unto the Lord? Brother Saunders said it a moment ago. When you give unto the Lord, he'll give some more to give. In that first feast of the unleavened bread, they brought that single sheaf before the Lord and they waved that single sheaf before God. That single sheaf represented the death and the burial and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. That was the first sheaf of the harvest. It was the first evidence that there's a harvest on the way. And they would bring in that feast of unleavened bread, that single sheaf, and bring it for the Lord. When we give in faith believing, that's what we're doing. We're putting one single sheaf into the hands of God. And we say, God, it's all I've got right now. It's everything I have right now. But I know it represents there's a harvest coming. Hallelujah. I know it represents that there's a blessing coming. And you put it into the hands of God. And in the same way that Jesus was that single sheaf. That single sheaf at the Feast of Unleavened Bread represented the Lord Jesus Christ who went upon the cross and died the death of a transgressor and was buried and rose from the grave triumphant. When he rose from the grave, he was the first fruits of the resurrection. When the apostle called him the first fruits of the resurrection, those Jewish people knew what he was talking about because they understood the principle of the first fruits. When you give that first fruit unto God and say, I don't know, I don't have any logic to base this on. I'm just putting it into the hands of God. I'm telling you, you are submitting it into an economy that will compound it and multiply it in the same way that when Jesus rose from the dead, there was something that shook in the eternities. I'm gonna tell you that what happened on that day, the ground began to shake, the sun went dark. Hallelujah, the Bible said there was a the veil was rent in the temple when that single sheaf waved before the Lord. 
and he died the death of the transgressor and said, it is finished. He went down into the lower parts. He descended into the lower parts, but he came up from the grave triumphant three days later. I want you to know he wasn't the only one that's going to come from the grave. That's just the beginning. That's just the first fruits. Just, just the very beginning. That's just where it all starts. The countdown begins. And in the Old Testament, the countdown would begin unto the festival of weeks. The feast of weeks. Seven weeks would pass. And on that 50th day would be a resounding rejoicing in their, in their history. It represented when God gave Moses the law upon Mount Sinai. In their history, it represented the fact that God wrote his law upon tablets of stone. And it was, we call it the Ten Commandments. But it didn't just represent in history the Ten Commandments. It was pointing to something to come. Because God wasn't just going to write his law in tablets of stone. But he was going to write his law in the hearts of mankind. And after seven days, seven weeks were fulfilled, the day of Pentecost was fully come. I said the day of Pentecost was fully come. I'm going to say that again. The day of Pentecost was fully come. That means the seven weeks were fulfilled, but it also means the day of Pentecost was fulfilled. It was fully come. And when they walked into that upper room, they understood that if Jesus was the spotless lamb and if Jesus was the single sheaf, that means there is more resurrection power coming. That means there are more that are going to have power over death, hell, and the grave. And they walked into that upper room looking for the promise of the Father because all those years of sending up a single sheaf and waving it before the Lord, once they realized that that was pointing to Jesus as the one who would come up out of the grave. Now they realize that we're going to walk into the Feast of Pentecost and just like all those years, that single sheaf represented a great harvest to come. This is about to represent a great harvest to come. There's a harvest in this house. They looked around that upper room and said, there's a harvest in this house. They looked at the Parthians, hallelujah, and the Medes that came, and the Arabians, and the Grecians, and the Phrygians, and the Pamphylians that came. And they said, oh, there's a harvest in this house. That day, 3,000 souls were added to the church. It all started with one single sheep but it culminated into a harvest of many souls. Hallelujah, that's what happens when Jesus begins to be lifted up. That's what he promised. He said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. Let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. He was lifted up from the earth at Calvary. Hallelujah, and there's a magnetism, a magnetic power that brings people to the cross. And I want you to know he wasn't just lifted up at Calvary, but he's high and lifted up. And when we lift him up in this house, he will draw all men unto him. Why do you think you're here today? Let me tell you why you're here today. You're here because Jesus is exalted in this house. You're not here because of the comfortable seats. You're not here because of the new building. You're not here because of any personality. You're not even here for sentimental reasons. You're here because Jesus Christ is high and lifted up in this house. And I don't want it to be for any other reason ever. I don't want us coming in here with any other motive but to praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is high and lifted up, Tree of Life Church. Keep on praising him. Keep on lifting him up. Keep on clapping. Keep on singing. Keep on dancing. Keep on shouting. Somebody ought to do it right now. I wonder you would praise him if you knew that every time you praised him it represented another harvest that's coming hallelujah hallelujah, hallelujah. 
they, they celebrated. They celebrated the Feast of Unleavened Bread because of what the Lord had done. Because how the Lord had delivered them from Egypt. How the Lord had brought them out of darkness. And they celebrated it because it meant he was coming to deliver them from their sins. Why do we give? We give for gratitude and we give in anticipation. Our motive for giving is in gratitude for what he's done and in anticipation for what he's about to do. I give unto the Lord because he brought me out of darkness. Hallelujah. Into this marvelous light. That's why I give unto the Lord. I give unto the Lord because he picked me up out of a pet of desperation. I give unto the Lord because when I couldn't help myself, he helped me. I give unto the Lord because when I needed him, he was there for me. I give unto the Lord because he washed the tears from my eyes and the sin stained from my spirit. I give unto the Lord for what he has done for me. But I also give unto the Lord for what he is doing for others. I'm going to tell you why I give unto the Lord. It's not just what he's done for me. It has also to do with the fact, hallelujah, that I know every time I put my bread upon the waters, it's going to flow down the current of that spiritual river, and it's going to touch the lives, hallelujah. It's going to touch the lives of thousands of people. Tree of life, you, 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 you actually don't even know how many people you have blessed simply by giving unto the Lord faithfully. You have no idea how many missionaries have gone into how many far-flung lands from this church, the giving, the sacrificial and faithful giving of this church. You have no idea, but God knows. And he's keeping good records of it. And he knows where every single dime, who it's attached to and where it went. And great is your reward in heaven. Don't you think for one moment that that faith will not revisit you in glory. Don't you think for one moment that God won't come back to you and say, thank you for giving when it wasn't comfortable to give. Thank you for giving when it was hard to give. Hallelujah. There's some people who don't like to hear preaching on giving, but, but that's usually from people who have never participated in it. Sometimes it's uncomfortable to hear a message on giving. You ought to try preaching one. I understand the discomfort of it, but it's uncomfortable to our flesh. But I would be robbing you of the blessing of God if I didn't stand up here and tell you there is a blessing in the Lord to be found. I would be depriving you of an opportunity to step into the realm of his glory. And I won't do that. I've come to deliver the whole counsel of God. I've come to preach. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I've come to preach the whole counsel of God. And he has a blessing waiting for his people. And he puts a feast before you and says, I want you to celebrate what I've done. And I want you to celebrate what I'm going to do. And I want you to come with something in your hand. He said, they shall not come empty. They're going to come forward with an offering in their hand. Hallelujah, at the feast of the unleavened bread where we thank God for washing our sins away. And we thank God for everybody else whose sins are about to be washed away. Hallelujah, you know why they brought an offering at the feast of weeks, at the feast of Pentecost? You know why they brought an offering? Because of what God did. And for what he's going to do. Why do we give unto the Lord? Why do we give sacrificially unto God? I'll tell you why. Because he filled me with the Holy Ghost. That's not just an emotional experience, ladies and gentlemen. That's not just crying a little bit and feeling, feeling good and feeling re, uh, rejuvenated and, and somehow energized. And, 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 and it's not even just talking in tongues a little bit. You'll speak in other tongues, but that's not all you're going to do. You're going to begin bearing the fruit of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. I've come to tell you that's something to celebrate. That's something to shout about. Sister Caitlin talked about when she received the Holy Ghost at age six. Amen. She talked about how that she prayed and asked, prayed for her grandmother who was sick. And, and, and when she kept praying for her grandmother who had been sick, 
she began to see her running upon the, around the aisles of the church. And right then, that little girl received the gift of the Holy Ghost. And look at the anointed vessel that she is for the Lord today. I'm so grateful she has the joy of the Holy Ghost that filled her to overflowing all the way back when she was six years old. Let me tell you something. If a six-year-old can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, and a 66-year-old can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, and no matter who you are or where you come from, you can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And if you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, you can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost today. And if you received the Holy Ghost 30 years ago, you ought to praise Him like it's the first time you ever received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Restore to me again the joy of my salvation. I'm going to tell you why I give to the Lord. I give to the Lord because He filled me. And I give to the Lord because I want Him to fill others with the power of the Holy Ghost. That's my motive. That's my motive. I want them to get the Holy Ghost in Germany, Brother Enos, Sister Enos. I want them to get the Holy Ghost in Europe. I want them to get the Holy Ghost in Africa. I want them to get the Holy Ghost in Asia. I want them to get the Holy Ghost in South America, Central America. I want them to get the Holy Ghost in Cincinnati. That's why we, that's our motive for giving. I need some folks who believe that it's our hour to see revival. Hallelujah. I want you to know that is a priority at the Tree of Life Church. People receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. We want our altars filled with people speaking in tongues for the very first time. Hallelujah. We want the windows of heaven to open up. I feel the Holy Ghost. Let me, let me get down where you live a little bit. Don't come here to get filled up alone. I want you to be prayed up when you walk in. Be filled up when you walk in so that you can be a vessel that can help facilitate the moving of the Holy Ghost in this place. Look at this. How many times do we have an opportunity for all of us to be gathered together in one place, in one accord? I'm thankful for all the work of God that happens Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and it does. And I'm thankful for it, and it should. We need to go from house to house. It needs to be happening in the city streets. But don't underestimate or devalue what happens right here, right now. And don't come empty-handed. And don't come with something weighing on you. Leave it, leave it, leave it. Leave your burdens give them to God and say Lord I'm walking into this house expecting to see an outpouring of your precious promises that's why they gave that's why they brought that offering they brought that offering for what he had done and they brought that offering for what he was going to do hallelujah glory to God I want somebody that's sitting next to an empty seat I want you just to pat it right now Say, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you for filling them with the Holy Ghost. Lord, I thank you for filling them with the Holy Ghost. We're not trying to fill this house. We're trying to get folks filled with the Holy Ghost. We're not trying to build a mega church. Hallelujah. We're trying to build his church. Hallelujah. Come on, pat that pew. Plead the blood of Jesus over that pew. Come on, in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for delivering them from their bondage. I thank you for delivering them from alcoholism. Lord, I thank you for restoring their marriage. Lord, I thank you for healing their body. Lord, I thank you. Come on, somebody. It's the feast of unleavened bread. It's the feast of Pentecost. I said it's the feast of Pentecost. It's time to celebrate what God has done and what God is going to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's the feast of weeks. I said, it's the feast of weeks. I know you've had a long week, but you let that week turn into another one, and into another one, and into another one. And I'm going to tell you where it's going to bring you. It's going to bring you to Pentecost. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. The King of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. He is the king of glory.
in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I've come to tell you there's a Holy Ghost revival that's going to hit our city. It's happening right now. It's happening right now. Our motive for giving, hallelujah, it has to do with Jesus washing our sins away. Our motive for giving, it has to do with him pouring out the power of the Holy Ghost. And our motive for giving has to do with the Feast of Tabernacles. The feast of the final harvest. There's a final harvest coming. There's a final harvest coming. Brother Colbert, that feast of unleavened bread was pointing to when Jesus died and rose from the dead. That feast of Pentecost was pointing to when God poured out his spirit upon the people in the early church. But that Feast of Tabernacles, that has to do with where we are right now. That's an end time harvest. That's a final harvest. That's God gathering all together in one, all the people. Our motive for giving. Yeah, you're gonna get blessed. Yes, you're gonna, you're gonna receive benefits and pensions and increase and interest. There's gonna be stuff come to you. You'll be an inheritance that you didn't even know you were a part of. I don't know how to explain it. I just know it happens. But this is not why we give. We give because there's a final harvest coming. We give because this thing is wrapping up. We give because God is drawing your coworkers into his kingdom. We give because God is calling and drawing your lost loved ones and family members into his kingdom. We give because God is drawing backsliders back home. Come on home. Come on home. Come on home. Come on home. We left the light on for you. We're so happy you're here. No judgment, no condemnation, no shame. All of us have sinned. All of us have come short of the glory of God. We're just glad you're home. That's why we give. That's our motivation for giving. We're motivated to give because there's a final gathering of God's people unto a final harvest. Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way. Take what I have. Take what I have. I give it all to you. That's our motive. Here's our metric. Our metric for giving is as you are able and as he has blessed you. Now, that, now we know that the tenth, the tithe, is already established. It predates the law. The tithe is what we bring to God. That 10%, that tenth is what we bring to God. But when it comes to offerings, as you are able and as he has blessed you. And I'm going to tell you right now, I feel this in the Holy Ghost. I feel like God's moving in this place. As you are able, there are some things that you have in your weekly routine of spending that God wants you to consider setting aside. I want to encourage you in the name of Jesus to look again at what you are able to do because you're probably able, we're all able to do more than we even realize. But we have our set, we are set in our ways and in our approaches to things, but God wants to bless you. He said, give as you are able and give according to the way the Lord has blessed you. Woo. Brother White, that's why I give him all. That's why I just give him everything because I, I don't, I, I can't outgive him. He has been better to me 
than I've been to myself. He has been so good to me that I cannot tell it all. That's why you just lay it down. Hallelujah. It's not about dollar amount. It's about according to the way he has blessed you. This is why when the rich man offered his offering at the temple treasury, that, that, that Jesus wasn't impressed. But when that widow with two mites came in and laid her offering down, he said, that's what I'm impressed with. He gave of his abundance, but she gave all. The metric isn't about a number figure. The metric is about as you're able and as he has blessed you. I don't know how to explain it. All I know is that when you give to him according to that motive and that metric, you'll have more when you're done than you did when you started. Don't ask me to explain it how. I can't tell you how the bones do grow in the womb. I can't tell you how he washes our sins away. I just know that he does. I can't tell you how I have an innocent record in heaven right now when I have a spotted record on earth, but he has washed my sins away. I can't even tell you how it works. I just know it does. I said it does. It's the motive and the metric that sanctifies the giving. I want everybody who's a witness to what I'm preaching about, I want you to praise him as a witness. I said it's Pentecost it's Pentecost look what you did look what you did you didn't come empty-handed you came saying God have your way ladies and gentlemen let me tell you where God is taking us and I'm coming to a close you can stand with me the musicians can come let me tell you where God is taking us God is taking us to a place where we will be able to stand and say, this is the need, and it will be met. That's where God is taking us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We set a goal of, just, just a little bit ago, we set a goal of giving $160,000 in just a small set of weeks. I think it was maybe, maybe six to seven weeks we set $160,000. You know how much you gave? You gave $130,000. I rejoice over that. I rejoice over that. Because I'm going to tell you something. There's going to come a day where we're going to say, listen, we need $160,000, and you're going to give $350,000. That's where we're headed. That's where we're headed. The Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want. God's, my God, I feel the Holy Ghost. God's going to release you from poverty in Jesus' name. God's going to deliver you from the chains of poverty and debt. He's going to give you wisdom and understanding and knowledge and deliver you from these chains that have bound you. Hallelujah. Could we throw up the, on the screen $1.2 million, March of 2022. We said, beginning March 1st, 2022, we're going to try to raise, we're going to try to give $1.2 million by October of 2023. That was what we said. This is the, just a couple of days before June of 2023. Let me show you how much you've given. $875,581.73. In just 14, 15 months time, in 15 months time, you've given, that's, that's just to the, to the Ready Now campaign. All in. This is how much we have left. Till October, $324,418.27, and we're going to do it in Jesus' name. And that doesn't include what just happened here. Lord, I pray you put your hands upon it right now and multiply it in Jesus' name. Like you did the fishes, like you did with the loaves of bread. Multiply it, multiply it, multiply it, and feed the multitude. 
And Lord, you know every sacrifice that was made in this offering. Lord, you know this comes from the hearts of good people who sacrifice, who give in faith believing. Reach out and touch the neighbor next to you right now. Could you do that? Just put your hand on their shoulder. Husband and wife, you clasp hands if you want, whatever you want to do here. Lord, I pray for every household in this church. Lord, I pray you'll bless their home. I pray you'll bless their marriage. I pray, pray you'll bless their children. I pray you'll bless their mind in Jesus' name. I pray you'll break every chain of bondage, every chain of addiction, every emotional bondage in Jesus' name. Lord, they did not come empty handed. They came with a sacrificial love offering. I pray you will return it unto them a hundredfold. Return it unto them a hundredfold. Return it unto them one hundredfold. Oh God, open up the windows of heaven. Open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings upon them that they cannot contain. Something's happening in this house right now. Something's happening in this house. Lord, I pray for every single person that's here. I pray for them in Jesus' name that you'll meet their needs. Comfort them right now in the name of the Lord. Provide unto them, I pray, your blessing. Every blessing that is of your will, bring it into their life right now, I pray. In the name of Jesus, put a hedge of protection around them. Put a hedge of protection around their mind in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, Lord, bless our teenagers and our young people who are right now laboring in children's ministry. Bless them, Lord. Bless our children and our grandchildren. In the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I'm opening these altars up right now for somebody who wants to step forward and say, I'm believing for the blessing of the Lord. I'm believing for the blessing of the Lord. so much to me every time I hear this song I think of my great-grandfather 100 years ago he had nothing 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 he would get onto a train and not know how to get where God told him to go he would say Lord I have no money but Lord lay it upon the heart of one of these passengers to pay my next leg of the fare, and then show me who they are man of God would just pray. He had no way to get where he was going. And he would be shown by God who it was. He would walk over to them with confidence and say, the Lord has laid upon your heart to pay the rest of my journey. And the person would begin weeping and say, I don't even know you, but, but I know what you're talking about. And they'd give him the next, the next journey's due. 
He went from town to town preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Never wanted anything. He bought his suits from Goodwill. He wouldn't spend more than $3 on a suit. Bought his suits from Goodwill and would preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the sacrifice that he made. I stand here 100 years later, not of my own merit, but by people who sacrificed under God. And when I hear this song, I think of that favor of God that comes upon an individual and it blesses them and their children and their children's children. And I want somebody who needs a blessing for their family right now. I want you to reach up unto a loving God and receive his favor right now and know that he's gonna meet the need of your children. He's gonna meet the need of your grandchildren. He's gonna meet the need of your family. Come on, right now, in the name of Jesus, lift up those hands. We're gonna sing this song unto God again. And the blessing of the Lord Most High is going to flow through this place in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, that's it, that's it, that's it.
speak through me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Touch my heart, Lord, speak to me. 